This is the We Are Memphis Wrestling Podcast with your host, J.D. Rieger. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 6 of We Are Memphis Wrestling, the free podcast from Memphis Wrestling Plus. For exclusive content, podcasts, discounts, and more, visit MemphisWrestlingPlus.com. This week on the show, we're in studio with Big Swole Justin Cole. Let's get into it. Big Swole Justin Cole, thanks for joining me on the podcast, man. Absolutely, man. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for taking time coming by the studio so we could, uh, you know, take a little more time. Sure. It's, it's kind of a rush pace in the in the Wrestle Center oh, generally. Yeah, it's a, it's fat, very fast paced. We're trying to get our stuff in and, uh, you know, we got a show to do. <laughs> well, I want to start at the beginning with you. Like... I mean, first, first and foremost, where are you from? You're not, you're not from. No, I am from here. Yeah, I actually went to Sherwood. And, okay, uh, I, I thought you weren't from the city proper. Yeah, we moved to Hernando in uh, 1989, and then okay. I did live in Kansas City though for about 10 years. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And Kansas City is where you got started. Yep. But I want to go back before that. Like, when did you get into wrestling? Oh, 80s. Like, so my grandparents had a uh, antique store. And uh, we would always watch wrestling when we could, but, you know, we'd end up having wrestling matches in the living room and stuff like that. So my parents would always make us cut it off. But my grandparents had a, uh antique store, and they would always just get tapes in. And, man, I would get the most obscure WWE Coliseum videotapes you could get your hands on when I was a kid and just would watch them. And I've, I've probably seen every match on every video a hundred times. And that really sparked my interest. Yeah. So were you aware, like, were you watching local stuff or you watch, You were watching WWE tapes and stuff like we that? We were watching anything we get our hands on. But usually fights broke out watching local stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Did you go to lots of matches as a kid or was uh, it just really. watching it on TV? Just watching it on TV. At what point did you start to consider, like, I might want to try to figure out how to do this. I really started wanting to try to figure out how to do it when I was in high school. Um, WWE had a developmental territory in Alabama called Deep South Wrestling. And uh, me and my friend actually uh, contacted them. And, like, the questions they asked you were so ridiculous. Okay, well, how tall are you? And uh, did you play sports in high school? And uh, do you watch wrestling now? I'm close to six foot. Did you play sports in high school? I did, yeah. <laughs> so we showed up at the uh, at the place, and, you know, they kind of made us do a few things and then said they'd call us and then never heard from them again. And then uh, from there, we kept trying to figure out what we could do to do it. And then I ended up moving to Kansas City and uh, met some people there, and they got me into the business. Do you want to say who, like, exactly trained uh, well, it's you? It's actually Steve Estes, but he passed away about 10 years ago. Okay, I'm sorry to but, hear that. But uh, it's okay. But he was old when he started training me, but he was still <laughs> going there and take bumps and everything. But uh, he had a place called the War Room, and uh, it was in St. Joseph, Missouri, just north of Kansas City. Okay. Is is that where you had your very first match? So uh, all the matches I had up there, because I actually worked for the police department up there, um, all the matches that I had up there were just in training studio. I never actually got to do any shows. While I was living there, because of my work schedule, I worked every weekend. Hmm. But I helped set up, bring, and help train, or helped uh, helped other trainees get ready for matches, or let them try spots, or whatever they were trying to do. Was that a frustrating time for you to to I be just, so close to it and not be able to like get 
get in the mix? I was just happy to be there. Yeah. <laughs> so so when did you have your first proper match then? When we moved back. Uh, I lived back here probably two, three years, and then uh, met one of my friends that worked for the sheriff's department. I actually started uh, wrestling with him because he was a local wrestler here, and uh, he doesn't wrestle anymore, but we actually started a tag team. We were called The Final Hour. Okay. And we wrestled all around. We are actually uh, – Wrestling New Center Tag Team of the Year 2016. We uh, were uh, the Pro Wrestling Weekly Tag Team, of the fan voted Tag Team of the Year like seven months, a bunch of times. So, and what hap- what happened there? He just his work schedules because he still works for the police department, so he would just couldn't do a lot of shows, so he decided just to stop, so it wouldn't hold me back, and then I started doing my own thing. Yeah, yeah. Seems to be a lot of crossover. I mean, there's a lot of obvious crossover in wrestling between, like, you know, sports with be it football or basketball, sure. what have you. But there's also kind of a seems to be a lot of ex ex military ex yeah. police department also. Oh yeah. Is there some? What's what do you think is the connection? I don't know. I'm not real sure. You know, it's just I don't know if it's camaraderie thing or yeah. You know, sitting around watching guys beat each other up or what? I don't know. <laughs> Well, I mean, the vibes and certainly the camaraderie uh, also give me the same vibes as, you know, touring bands. Sure. You know, uh, anyone who's been on tour together usually, you know, it feels like you've been at war together. Yep. I mean, that's kind of a weird um, comparison to make since we're like goofing off with guitars. But, For sure. But, you know, it's it's a difficult life. Yeah. Yeah. Is it is it that way with wrestling, too? I mean, I don't know how much how much traveling, uh, you know, I know you do a lot of regional shows, but I mean, are you are you on the road a lot? A uh, good bit, yeah. So I, I work for uh, another star, actually, this guy named Steve Starr. He was a wrestler in the 70s and 80s in Mississippi. Him and Gil Culkin actually have a promotion called Legacy Championship Wrestling. Yeah. So we go do shows for him, too. So we'll go to Hattiesburg and um, places down there in South Mississippi and do shows. It's five to six hours. Wow, that's a that's a heck of a drive. I know um, Maurice the Strong was telling me that his, his commute is over 10 hours oh, yeah, to insane. Memphis Wrestling. That's 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 ferocious dedication that you guys have. All right, well, getting back to like the early story, how I don't know wh- which came first, you becoming a part of Memphis wrestling or you developing the Big Swole persona. So I developed the Big Swole persona. Uh, so the tag team we were in, we actually had our own kind of names too. I was always Big Swole, Justin Cole, and my partner Scott Ronan. You know, so. And what what year would it the like when you were in this tag team? What years would this have been? Uh, about two thousand twelve to about two thousand fifteen, sixteen, something like that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yep. So I always had that. So I had it on my uh, knee pad cover at the time. Uh, and then when I decided to uh, break into my own thing, you know, I just amped the character up a little bit, added the shaker cup to it, and uh, it kind of went from there. What was the inspiration behind the uh, shaker cup? I just, you know, when I go to the gym, I always have it. I mean, I got it out in my car right now. I just always have one with me pretty much. And, We're going to uh, take a picture later. You should have brought it up. And then, uh, you know, it's just <laughs> always something that I had. So they say the best characters are always you turned up to 11. So that's the way I went with it. Yeah, for sure. So um, at what point did the, like, the Grizzlies-inspired logo become a part of the presentation? So sure, you know, the main thing I did it for to uh, first start was sell merch t-shirts you know because a lot of people will buy stuff that looks like something else or something they can relate to so sure, I, I, like, mean, I mean I, i'm to understand that you know merchandise sales can be you know indie indie guys bread and butter oh yeah 
So, I mean, you always got to come up with stuff. Absolutely. So when I first I thought of it, I sent the idea to a friend. He's like, oh, man, that's genius. So I uh, sent the guy kind of what I wanted instead of the basketball. I put the shaker cup in the hand and then a couple other little tweaks to it. And Make it it's, it's a dog, right? Yeah, it's like and a bulldog a, on it. Yep. Right, right. And then uh, just went from there and then made the first shirts. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to put that on some gear. And then kind of went from there. And the Grizzlies are cool with it? It's not technically a grizzly, so. <laughs> but well, sure, sure. And 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 I hate to ask about this, but you know there is another wrestler out there in the world under the name Big Swole. Sure. Have you ever come in contact with the other Big Swole? No, I never have. But I mean, it se- it sounds like your use, and this is why I was asking for the date earlier. It sounds like your use of the name predates. It does. Uh, I never even heard of her until she was on AEW. Yeah. No offense to her or anything. She's great wrestler and talent but yeah yeah so that and never any consideration like when you saw her come out there like oh maybe i need to change my name or anything no. like that i am who i am i mean there's more than one uh nature boy there's more than one you know it's just a yeah moniker. yeah you wrestling know, has a long history memphis surely anyone in memphis knows there's a there's a few kings around yep, here. sure is yeah all right, well, so how did you meet up with Dustin? Did you meet Dustin on the scene? Like for- On the scene, yeah. I, I did yeah. some shows with him. We did a show, and one of the first times I met him was at a show in, uh, I think it was in New Albany. But it was, uh, we were on the show, and Dustin uh, and Doug Gilbert were tagging up against uh, Brian K- Christopher and Rikishi. Oh, wow. Yeah, and uh, Maria took the stink face and all that stuff. It was great. Wow. Pretty good show. That's hilarious. But that building was the hottest building I've ever been in in my life. The only room that had air conditioning was the locker room. Wow. I think I might have – is that – I think that might be on YouTube. It, it is. It might be on yeah. the five-star yep. fan, fan cam. cam. Yeah, it's on I met him. He came up and introduced himself. Oh, yeah, Fred's a great guy. Yeah, yeah, he was cool. Um, so d- when you first met Dustin, did you have any, you know, like – like this guy this guy has has the the skills to run a company like could you have even could you have imagined that when you first just met him out on the scene um maybe not run a company but you could always tell that dustin was very extremely professional especially with the other talent and then he was always stepping his game up on the merch and the pictures and was always making sure that they were doing good on that so it's always something that you noticed for sure have you guys had a match uh actually yeah we did uh i was under a hood though me and my partner we were the uh coliseum crushers at one of the oh yeah the coliseum crushers i forgot you know marvin stockwell told me that that was that you were one of the crushers we were at the last one yeah yeah Mm -hmm. that's that's cool have you been on one of those coliseum tours yes i have actually that's awesome we actually got to go up in the rafters and all that stuff when we went so Are you brave you were brave enough to go up oh we went i had to see what was up oh, there man i'm scared <laughs> of heights like I, I went up to the press box but that's where i stopped thing is you can't really see the floor you just kind of kind of see through a few of the little tiles that are flipped up yeah you know, a lot of people think the tiles are missing they're not they're just flipped up from big concerts or whatever yeah i mean the general consensus i think is people think the building's in worse shape than it is oh yeah i mean the only part that's bad is the parts that they added around the edges for locker rooms and stuff like that which could yeah easily be fixed sure sure yeah. the parts that are vandalized yeah all right, so back to Memphis Wrestling. Uh, at what were you in it from the beginning? I've been here since the first episode. Yeah. Uh, what was it like in those early days getting started? Because there wasn't always a wrestle center. You know, it started in a ballroom that yep. I'm forgetting the name of. Top of the line. Yeah, top of the line. How could you forget? And um, but 
could you tell early on that you were onto something? Oh yeah, I mean the the just the talent we had in the locker room. And them first shows, we had so many people there though. It was absolutely insane. Uh, it was kind of weird trying to figure out where everybody's going to fit in, um, but you really could tell that you know we really had something good just with the different characters that we had and that uh, the fact that we sold out so quickly those first two shows, even though they were limited seating. I mean, we only had seventy five tickets because we were still under COVID restrictions, but they sold out so fast for the first show. Then they put the tickets out for the second show. And I mean, they were gone immediately. Do you think some of that was because people were just like super starved, like ready to get back in the mix for some live wrestling. They'd been cooped up for a long time, that kind of a thing. That. And I think the, uh, the concept of Memphis wrestling studio wise had been gone for so long, not just, you know, there's been spot shows and there's sure. live event shows and stuff like that, which are completely different from what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. Well, now there's a lot of folks doing. Yeah. It's it's kind of, uh, there's a current Memphis wrestling boom. Yep. Um, but Memphis wrestling, I would say, I mean, I'm not just saying this as a homer because I'm part of the team now, but I mean, even from an outsider's perspective, when I wasn't a part of the team, it seems like Memphis wrestling is the, the top show in town. It definitely is. Um you know, the production's on a different level. Our talent in the locker room is unbelievable. Um, everywhere, I, I told somebody else this in a podcast. I can't remember um, who it was, but, I mean, we're, we are everywhere. Everywhere you look, there's something Memphis wrestling involved in every single thing that you touch. So, I mean, that's huge. It's huge for us, and it's huge for Memphis, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know from a sports perspective, that's that's certainly true. It's yep. at the the Tigers, the the Grizzlies. I think the Redbirds just yep. came. You know, there's gonna. I don't think they. I don't know if they've announced the date. Maybe I shouldn't say, but um, you know, I know all that stuff's gonna be happening. And uh, yeah, I think you were telling me before we got started that you're gonna be on the the FedEx Forum show yep, coming up. I'll be there. Mm-hmm. That's cool, man. That's cool. Um, what do you think is the value for a wrestler, especially wrestlers coming up in the business to be able to be on like a weekly television show? Because not, you know, a lot of people don't have that sort of access and that sort of training for, you know, wrestling on TV, which is a different thing than just wrestling in a, in a gym. It's completely different. Um, like if you even come to a birthday party, it's not going to be the same kind of match that you'd see on tv or if you come to a house show it's going to be a different type of match you know a little bit more fan engagement um things like that but yes we do have to cater to the fans in the house but i mean we've got thousands and thousands of viewers watching in that little screen that's looking at us there so um the value for the young guys is the biggest thing they they need to look at which a lot of them i'm sure really don't understand right now because this is the only exposure they've gotten to the business so far but um Working with us, you're actually going to work with people who can make you better. Um, you're not going to get any better working with somebody who's not as good as you or better. Yeah. So you got to get out there with somebody who knows what they're doing, who can take you through a match where you're not having to lead some guy through a match who's been wrestling for 20 years and you've been wrestling for six months. Yeah. Well, they often say that if you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in, you're in the wrong room. Yep. Absolutely. And I think that's sort of, you know, it, it works in bands too. If you're the best musician in the band, you're probably in the wrong band yep <laughs> something i've been curious about you are a um a tag team champion in memphis wrestling yep. you won with the gun show what was what was that title run like for you by the it way? was great man it's just great to get an opportunity to actually hold a title you know a lot of people don't uh 
it means a lot more than just hey i'm going to be the champion you know it's it shows that the company trusts you that they can put you out there put you out there as the face of the company and make sure that you know you're representing the company in a way that they would want it to be represented and to me that means everything that i come up i do all the right things i do everything i'm asked to do and uh, i'm happy to do it so to you there is there is an a, there is a significance there cuz i i've heard some people say things like you know it's just a prop or whatever but it really means something to you oh yeah it does um and the main reason why just the things i said i mean it means the world to me that they trust you enough to put you in that position there's also something to be said though i think for the fact that you know big swole justin cole has has become a fan favorite and i mean you had the the tag team title run but you haven't needed a belt to build you into a big character like, sure that you're one of those characters that can still make an impact without it absolutely I, you know i always want to make an impact because i mean just like the birthday party thing i've been at almost i've been at every single one except the first one they had and uh the person having the birthday party is the person who actually requests what wrestlers they want there. Yeah. So I'm not just going there just because you're not I'm just showing available. up there cold. Yeah. I'm, I'm showing up there because I'm who they want to see for their birthday. And that means the world to me. How do you develop that connection? I mean, it, it's gotta be more than just like, you know, saying, come on, you know, yep. with the fit. like it's, it's really, a, it's a work. It develops over time. Sure. Right? It's, uh, I think a lot of it is just being genuine with the fans. You know, I really am excited for them to come uh, experience something that I love and hold to my heart. And, uh, you know, having them there with us, uh, no, nothing beats a sold-out show. You know, they're there for you. They're there to cheer you on or boo you or whatever you're there to do. But um, nothing beats doing it for the fans. And I think being genuine with them and taking time out of your day to – speak to them and ask them how they've been doing we're trying to remember things about them remember their name yeah you know that it goes a long way gosh that's i'm the worst with names i'm the i'm the absolute worst about that <laughs> when people like who've been to my shows or whatever i'll say hey and i'll be like hey guy yeah what's up buddy <laughs> <laughs> and i feel awful about it afterwards um we talked we mentioned a second ago that you were had a, the, the tag title run with the gun show and now um the gun show your former partner uh, is about to have a match with another person you've wrestled with, Kay Toomer, and you guys sure. are all friendly. Yep. Friendly-ish, anyway. Yep. Um, one, do you have a prediction for that match? Uh, it's hard to bet against Brett. I know Toomer's tough, uh, and uh, he's going to give up a good fight, but Brett's been there, done that, and this is Toomer's first try, so we'll see how it goes. And then, too, it would seem like whoever wins that you would have to be at the top of the contenders list. That's what I'm going for right now. You know, like I was, uh meeting with the championship committee and all that kind of stuff, you know, we basically – I just said just keep lining them up. I'll keep knocking them down until I get my shot. No complications there because you guys are on friendly terms? Uh, when you're reaching for the top spot. Uh, you know, it becomes about the belt and comes about the championship and the opportunity to be the face of the company. Um, there's no animosity. Yeah. Just best man wins. That's it. Well, tell me a little bit about the strategy. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a musician. I've gone on tour. Um, there are lots of different ways to get your name out there as a musician. And I'm curious, like 
how it's different trying to get your name out there as a pro wrestler. Like, I mean, are you trying, is, is it more on, is it more important to develop social media? Is it more important to be out on tour, like in person, like where, like, like, yeah, just tell me like, what, what is, what do you think is the most important part of it? I mean, I don't think there's any magic special sauce or anything. I think, you know, the first time you get in front of somebody, yeah. Somebody sees you, that's going to be it. Even if that was the only show you've ever done, if somebody likes something that you do, you know, they're going to grab you. Um, Social media is definitely important, especially with the outreach that you can get today. I mean, it's just insane. Like, I get messages every day from people I've never met or people buying my shirts on Pro Wrestling Tees or something like that, and I have no idea who these people are. Oh, you've got a store on Pro Wrestling Tees? I do, yeah. Do do you have that address handy? Oh, yeah, it's just uh, Pro Wrestling Tees and just search Big Swole, Justin Cole. I'll come right up. Hey, everybody. Uh Everybody do that. But it's like, you know, you see people that go out and buy and then weird Reddit stories that you're mentioned in and online articles and stuff that you have no idea yeah. about. It's just, it's weird, but and that's we've just already social got, media. Like, we've already got uh, subscribers to Memphis Wrestling Plus in like 20 plus states. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, it's, we just started. And then now with this, with the TV, I mean, people think it's just a Memphis TV show, but... Well, it's syndicated I mean, in other markets yeah. on TV aside from that. But then YouTube, it's, you know. YouTube, it's huge. And then you got to think all the other markets that we're getting in and Fight TV Plus. I mean, pretty much. I mean, we're everywhere. And like you don't understand it. Some people just look at YouTube and say, hey, look at this guy. Or, or you know, at the SmackDown thing, we didn't really get to do a whole lot. But we still met people, shook hands, and yeah, they saw my face. So, Well, no, I was about to say Ryan got thrown around, but that was on Raw. Yeah. So uh, what can what can you say about the SmackDown experience? It, it was absolutely uh, unbelievable just to be a part of a machine that big and kind of see how they do things. Uh, some of the stuff that I got to do, although it wasn't on camera, it was uh, a big part of the show, big part of the Royal Rumble that everybody just watched. Uh, the uh, UV paint that they used on Bray Wyatt, they actually tried it out on me first. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so um, – they saw me come around the corner with the beard, and they're like, hey, you, come here. Brought me over, painted me up, had me go out, cut the UV lights on, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then they're like, all right, that's it. And they're like, hey, we've never used this before. Here's some rubbing alcohol. See if you can get it off. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, well, appreciate it. So I, well, I guess it came off. You're sitting yeah. here and not glowing. Uh, for uh, It was still on there a few days because my wife told me that uh, <laughs> she'd wake up in the middle of the night and like, the side of my head would be glowing in the bedroom and stuff. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Did you get to meet her? Did, did Bray come and watch he, and see what it looked like? He came and saw it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then like uh, the makeup artist that put it all on, she was just apologizing profusely about how hard it was to get off and... <laughs> She helped me try to get something of it off, and I was like, I'd be easier for me just to go to the bathroom and try to <laughs> scrub this off in the sink or something. But did you do that at FedEx Forum, or yep. did you go home and do no, that? No, I, I did it there, because, I mean, this was before the show, because they had to get me out there before fans came in the arena. Oh, oh right, of course. Yeah. I was there, and yeah. sure. So so once the show started, you were pretty much done for the night? Uh, Well, we still had a little bit to do. Uh. I know there's some stuff you can't say or whatever. Basically, you know, we got to watch the show from one of the little corridors or whatever. Uh, That's pretty much it because, you know, they have strict times on everything kind of like we do. So, Man, that is crazy that you got to test drive those those Mountain Dew pitch black colors. Yeah, I don't want that stuff on my face ever again. But So probably not going to be a pitch black match at the Wrestle Center anytime soon? I wouldn't think so. That's a lot of work. (laughs) 
<laughs> I heard they were thinking about building a cage for something over oh, there. Oh wow. Yeah, that'd be great though. That'd be that would be crazy. Just thinking about the process of like moving that in and out for one match will be something. Yeah, I was telling Dustin, uh, I want the big blue WWF style cage. That's what we need. Yeah, yeah. But you know, EPW does them all the time. They'll have a one match cage and they'll have somebody that they set it up right before the main event and it takes them 15 minutes maybe wow yeah i probably have to probably have to do that i i think Um, i think a cage match has got to be coming eventually so i mean i've heard you know i've heard i've heard them whispering about it let's hope all right before i let you go a couple there's two more things i want to ask you about one is there's a lot of new blood in memphis wrestling So who are who are some of the trainees that you're most excited about for their 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 careers? Man, I'm telling you, pretty much all of them. I mean, they're great. They're coming in, putting in the work. Uh, you know, Tim Bosby's great. He's uh, reigning internet champion. Yep, he's at um, 18. Could you imagine yourself at 18 carrying around a belt? Or did oh you? no, I'd be. I was about to say you didn't carry around. Yeah, a belt it'd be at like uh, it, it wouldn't even be real to even think about that, like that, something like that, but. You know, Tim really puts in the work. He works hard. He listens. You know, he's a good uh, student of the game, if you will. Um, Mackenzie Morgan is absolutely a ball of energy that I definitely know that uh, could do whatever she wants in this business. Ray Ray, you know, he yeah. could go do something. Big John. I mean, all of them pretty much. They've just got so much energy and passion for the business that they come in and come into work. Because I try to go to the training when I can. Um, I do have a very busy work schedule, but... Uh, every time I go over there, they're in there working hard and with the coaches and stuff like that. So everybody that we've got that have stayed in the program all the way to make it to TV are doing more than their share to make it. Do they ask you a lot of questions when you're around? Oh, sometimes. Uh, you know, I know they're there for their coaches and things like that, but I am there to help if they need it. All right. Well, last thing. A couple of times at the Wrestle Center, you have done barbecue. Oh, yeah. So we got to talk about what is your process and what and and get some tips here for the big swole barbecue. We're talk, uh, this is pork shoulder you do, yeah, right? Yeah, pork shoulders, yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, how long you been barbecuing? Man, probably fifteen years at least, maybe. I, in high school, and then again for a bit in my twenties, I worked in barbecue restaurants in Memphis. Okay. I worked at Corky's for a year in high school, and then I worked at Pig and Whistle, which no longer exists. I got you. Yeah. Yep. So I uh, I cook on a big green egg. Okay. So that's what I used to uh, smoke with, but, you know, my process is pretty basic. I just, uh, just a mixture of the way I, seasonings and smoke and thyme and Low and slow. Yep. No Mm -hmm. secret ingredients that you want to share, like super, like crazy tips, butter it or something? No, I just follow the rules, man. The rules of barbecue that you can. Make sure you got uh, plenty of beer and, uh. Plenty of time. That's what you got to have. Yeah, man. Patience. For sure. Patience is a virtue in this respect. You going to be doing the barbecue like on the regular at the Wrestle Center? Or is yeah, it, it'll probably is, be a, uh, not every show, but probably, you know, every three, four shows we'll probably have it. We need to get you. Next time you need to document the process so we can do some stuff. Yeah, on, I'll do some videos on the website. Yeah, time. a little before and after photography. I think uh, that'd go over, uh, go over big on Memphis oh, yeah. Wrestling Plus. I think so. Well, all right, man. Big Swole, Justin Cole, thanks for being here. Hey, man, I appreciate it. Anytime. The We Are Memphis Wrestling Podcast is produced by J.D. Rieger for Memphis Wrestling Plus. Our ring announcer is Terrence Ward. 
Our theme music is High Rise by Glory. For more information and exclusive content, visit memphiswrestlingplus.com.